Welcome back to the Scarce the Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, buddy? Did we even... I don't know why. I just feel like we didn't really do... Did we do the intro the, the last one? Yep, it was the same exact intro. <laughs> How are you doing today, buddy? I just feel it was like the it was so... Maybe it was just low energy. I just wasn't, like, paying attention. Yeah, I'm just a little bit jazzed, because we just recorded six, and I'm a little bit jazzed up still. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot I energy I, I literally now. I literally just woken up when we were recording, so I'm now awake. I've had more coffee, so. Yeah, this uh, this episode's covering Halloween 20 years later, or is, is affectionately referred to as H2O. Halloween water, boys, let's go. I don't know why it doesn't fucking really make sense, but you would think it's H20 or something, but everyone refers to it as H2O, and it's just like, okay. So we just, it's just, but it's, it's, it's what it's been referred to for years, 20 years, for for, for years, yeah, for like over 20 years. So it's like, that's what we call it. And no one's going to say, like, oh, you seen H2O? Like, if you're talking about a horror film, everyone's like, they know what they're talking about. I've never seen, I've never seen a member of the cast or crew ever correct anybody. I never hear anyone call it. So. H20 either. You would think it would be called H20. It would make more sense. It would sound less goofy. Yes. Well, maybe they should have just called this movie Halloween 20 years later and left H2O out of it completely, but they didn't. So. Maybe it should just have an actual fucking title. <laughs> maybe it should have like an yeah. actual real fucking title that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Halloween 20 years later is fine. Yeah, it's not a I mean, strong it's, title. It it's, sounds it's, like it's, a fucking monologue beginning to happen. It is incredibly purely descriptive yeah it is halloween it is 20 years later <laughs> that is all i think they were gonna call this like a halloween the revenge of of lord strode or something at one point it's very 80s title for sure yeah it would be very in line but yeah they could have been they could have been you know like really kind of self-referential just call itself halloween the return of the return of lord strode like halloween 4 I would definitely say my biggest problem with the film might be its title. <laughs> it's it's, it's not like, mine. It's like okay, this is this is stupid. Like I hate having to refer to something as H two O just to talk about a movie, but it's whatever. Yeah, I mean it's it's what it's called. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna refer to it as. I'm not gonna sit here and say every yeah. every time I say the title of the movie, I'm Halloween not, twenty years later. I'll never say H twenty because it's like if I'm talking it feels about weird it. Now. I'm talking about it with with you or anybody else. I always say H2O. Always. Yeah, I'm it's just it's just the way it. that we it's just the way that the the world has accepted the movie. So it's like at this point that's the title. Yeah. So, but yeah. And H2O kind of sets the standard for bringing back old recurring characters from the first movie, starting new, bringing back Laurie, going back to basics, and then there's a lot of H2O that gets brought back in 2018. A whole yeah. lot of it. It really feels like it's taking a lot of the same base elements and then just making a new plot following suit from that. Basically, 2018 to me is... is Instead of it being 20 years later, they're they're treating it... I mean, like, they say it literally in dialogue, but it's like 40 years of pure trauma that's not being dealt with by the main character and how that affects her as a human being. Versus 20... And she's kind of tried. To, she's they they say in dialogue in this movie she's tried to process these things. She's actually tried, whereas in 2018 she hasn't tried at all. Because um, they talk about how she's like she's gone to shrinks. She's you know talked to to people. She's done different types of therapy and stuff like that, but none of it works for her. Um, Most of this, so the view is going to be a comparison. I feel from 2018 to Halloween H2O. Yeah, I mean they're they're both very fun, not fundamentally different because they both attack the same basic idea, but the way the the manner in which they decide to tackle them is fundamentally different. Yeah, I just I really liked H two O on rewatch. I like I like this movie too. I like Halloween twenty eighteen for very different things. I think the camera work is inventive. I think just in general they get they have great cinematography. The music has a great atmosphere to it, and it's really bringing back the elements of what a slasher should be in a modern climate. Mm-hmm. But it's not the storytelling I love about the movie. I've always, always thought the story was just fitting a very modern climate, very much post these superhero films. How are we going to tell a story about these characters? And I think it's very 
exaggerated in its sense of realism, and I don't care, because it's a horror movie and it's fun. It's as exaggerated as it can be, just as horror films in the 80s can be exaggerated, horror films in the 90s. I don't need a sense of realism. But I, I, I never thought it was like the best film ever made. I thought it was a great way to bring back the Halloween franchise, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now looking at H2O, I mean, when I watched it when I was a teenager, I thought this was kind of boring. It's fun, it's fine, I like the final act, but it's boring, most of it. Going through it now as an adult, I really appreciate a lot more of it. This is a realistic version, in a lot of senses, of how character dynamics function. As a film that would come out by Miramax in a post-scream, you would think it'd be more referential, things would be more in-your-face, the dialogue would be more, hey, remember this happened in this film? But it's not. I think a lot of that helps with the fact it isn't in Haddonfield. This is yeah. entirely in a different area, which really it also... take, takes this character of Laurie Strode to trying to be different and separate herself, which is good, it, helpful to this character. It also has divorced itself from 4, 5, and 6, so the only movies it has to reference are 1 and 2. So, there's a, there's a fun little piece of dialogue where... You know, she says how like she faked her death, and they mm-hmm. show on paper that she faked her death with a car accident. A car crash, yes. Which is referencing how she dies in a car crash in yeah. 4. And it doesn't mean it's linked with 4, 5, and 6, but yeah, like, no. if you wanted to, you don't have to jump through hoops to connect the films. No, it's not, it's not particularly which I think reaching. Is, I do I think, think that if you cool. do, though, I, I think if you do connect those movies, you're making Laurie a worse character. Well, yeah, because she ran out. She like abandoned. Her she abandoned her daughter and yes. got a new son. So she, you intrinsically make her a worse character if you do that. But it's not impossible for you to, to think that. And if it was a franchise that did not, if it was a franchise that continued with Laurie and didn't do what Resurrection did, you could have probably found a way to circle back and bring Jamie back. You'd have to disregard six, which I don't think a, mo- I don't think most people would complain with. No, but. Um, you could have circled around back and did that. If Even you, today, people want them to do that. Even today, people you, see, you still see people on the internet talking about how, like, they, oh, they should bring back, you know, uh, John it's and... It's impossible now. Her. I don't know how you do that. You can't. I, the thing about this movie is that... So, it, you can't, it, well, Kills, only, Kills re- removes any possibility of that, especially. You can only... They only reference the first movie throughout most of H2O, except for maybe two lines dealing with... The, uh, obviously, brother. You know, she's a brother, so obviously... Shit. That's but inherently also, a reference to too. Oh, also, you watched watch, him burn. Yeah, watched him burn. But besides that, like all the the newspaper like um, cutouts are all about the first movie. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, they're not even dealing with two that well, much. If you, but if you think about it too, because two takes place the same night, it's yes. it's all the same movie technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of them talk about like with the snippets saying how like he survived this gun five. You, you'd expect someone to say fucking explosion at a hospital the other yeah, day and none of them do. I was like, okay. Yeah. So they're not really referencing two all that much, which is surprising. Because two's not good. Narratively, no. And two's fine. Two's fine. Two is fine. I, I don't love two. It's just fun. But yeah, yeah I, I just think the thing about Minor as a director is he really showcases I don't have to shit on these other films and I can make them work if you wanted them to and I can leave it open but this is my film and we're talking about what I want to do and that's why as a director he's always understood horror he wants to do what he wants to do while giving respect to previous things and leaving the door open which works yeah I think the only I think the only aspect of I mean because because we're comparing a little bit but the only aspect of four of four of each what people are referring to as the age 40 but um halloween 2018 yeah. is the only part of it i think is is a little bit mean is just the whole like oh someone made that shit up about him her being brothers with a brother and sister with michael and you don't like the way it's brought up in the movie no, i think it's fine I know a lot of people pick that that line to death because they're like, oh, it's just it's being so disrespectful to the other ones. It's just like, but like, really think about the Thorn trilogy. Do you really want them to really keep that that canon? Like, no one wants that. Oh, so that's not. That's the only line that really says like this could never be a part of it. It, That, but but also it's like it's the only one that feels like disrespectful uh, to to somebody. I feel like somebody would would be able to take that disrespectfully because the kids throw it out as like this little dumb thing that that someone made up. Yeah. Um. I don't care 
because I think that the continuity for 2018 divorcing itself completely from the series and just being a direct um, sequel to one is a good thing. Yeah. Because I don't I, like the, the me brother and sister to begin with. with that line, you need it, though. You need to... That's the you thing. have to really address it. one from two. I think you, you have to address it. I think that I can see why some people would, would hear the way that they decided to address it and say it's a little bit too snarky. But... I can't see any other way of it going down, really. Yeah. That's, like, respectful. How do you be respectful about that? You have to denounce something. You can't really denounce something respectfully, I really feel like. Yeah. And have it I... narratively work without it feeling like you're trying to appease someone. Yeah. So I could get that, but I never heard that line and said, like, yo, this fucking shit's on these movies. It's like, I don't no, this just separates either. the movie. It needs to separate it. I don't think it does either. I do I do understand why people would think so. Because it's just like, they, they do really, like, deliberately, like, yeah, no, that's 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 some stupid rumor someone made up. Like, they just, yeah. like, shoot away rather than saying, yeah, no, like, somebody said that, but it's not really true. You know? So, I, I, I mean, I get it, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's not. I mean, it all helps with the fact they're being, it's teenagers. They're, te- they're teenagers. Yeah. Like, no teenagers going to be like, I understand what you're talking about, yeah, uh, Jeff, exactly. but that is actually not true, and they are not brother and sister. I'd exactly. be like, oh, nice, yeah. you marked that bullet point off. Now, what's the next thing we have to, to cover in this movie? Yeah. It'd feel um, a lot more, like I said, like bullet points than an actual discussion or dialogue between people. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we talked about this at work the other day about the the realism of these movies contrasted against each other. I don't have a preference necessarily. I think that they are neither one to me is better than the other. It's just different because one of them is is you know semi adjusted Lori uh, being an active parent versus a different take, which is Sarah Connor but drunker. <laughs> um, but I don't think either one of them is particularly better or worse than the other one. I think they're both very. I like the fact that there's two versions of this. Both are distinct from each other, and both are well executed, in my opinion, at least. I just uh, appreciate that, like we have two versions of this so, that work. I so. think when we're talking about at work, I set a different, a bad precedent for how I was going about it. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm no, just I know. Saying I'm just, one I'm just is more statement. realistic than the other. Like H2O's is more realistic with the way it handles how people, not just like trauma victims or alcoholics react, but like. You said it better. It's it's Sarah Connor. Like, she creates a death trap home and raises a child soldier. If we're gonna be realistic about it, her fucking kid would be taken away by DCF and she'd be put in a mental institute because you can't do that. There's no way they would be together or have any interaction. This would be a big precedent in like those characters. It wouldn't work in real, like in reality. Like we talk about, like oh well, people do build fucking like apocalypse bunkers. Yes, fucking millionaires that have a crazy amount of money that are fucking on TLC saying like you never know. I spent thirty million dollars, but they're not fucking trauma victims that don't want to avoid their problems. They're just fucking lunatics with too much money. Like if you base it down on realism, it doesn't work. It, it, to me, it, it doesn't work. It's not. It's got nothing to do with her just being like a, a bad parent. It's all these factors together where it's like, this is the shit I would write for like, characters in my cartoon, and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just unrealistic to me, and that doesn't mean I don't like the movie. Yeah. The Death Trap House is fucking sick. It's the best shit in the movie. The care. Like, I love the child soldier mom. Because she's fucking awesome. She's my favorite character in the movie. It doesn't mean that I don't like these things, but like... No, I know. The way that they handle uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character in H2O, like, I just think it's something that could be dealt with in reality. Like, she does try to deal with her problems. She isn't over it. She has trouble with her son. They have issues with him leaving her. Mom doesn't want the fucking bird to leave the nest. Mm -hmm. You know... Her, her dating, who is obviously a goofy fucking guy, but he's a guidance counselor. He's a guidance he wants counselor. To help her. There's a yeah. lot of things that are based in reality that, like, you, know, you and I have upbringings that we can understand that it, people have tough lives. And, like, yes. how they deal with trauma and how they deal with shit is difficult. Yes. And, you know, H- H2O does it really well. Am I saying it's a better movie? No, I just think it's done more realistically. 
but I don't I don't think that's a bad thing for Halloween 2018 to not be realistic because I don't yeah. think it wants to be realistic. I mean, I think I think any movie, especially like in in this series or even in this, in the subgenre, like there's a, there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. Yes. And um, heightened qualities to movies, and I'm I'm not going to argue that you know everything about 2018 is realistic, but. I think that there's a there's a certain degree of it where I'm like I can definitely see people doing this, and I can get behind it, and I can be immersed in it, and it doesn't break my my suspension of disbelief for the movie period at all. I don't think it's you know? too unrealistic to believe that some people could do it in a world like this Halloween universe. I'm not saying it's un it's completely unbelievable that a world where a dude gets pumped with fucking ten shotgun shells and gets up some crazed fucking babysitter is going to become a fucking granny Sarah Connor. I'm not saying that it's not it's not understandable for this universe. Yeah. I just think if we're basing down realism, the way these characters interact in H2O is so close to how I think things could actually happen with somebody in real life that I think like what I, as a teenager, could say is boring, I can respect to a new degree, unbelievably, as I'm older, like, wow, this is really well handled for not just a script, but a script post-scream in the 90s. Yeah. There's, like, two characters that are annoying in the movie that are referential, but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, fucking fantastic. Every time she's on screen, yeah. I'm like, that's a fucking great portrayal. The scene where the guidance counselor walks away and she fucking downs her Chardonnay and gets another glass, drinks the exact same amount. It's like that—that's believable. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, that's kind of stuff—the kind of stuff that we've dealt with, we've seen. Yeah, like, yeah, it, so. it's really—I don't know. I was just very surprised, and like I said, this has nothing to do with a slight against 2018. I would no, I know, I, would I, I, I didn't even watch, bring this up. I'd prefer I to watch the Death like a... Trap House over drinking a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't bring this up to call you out or anything. I was yeah. just. I, it was something we were talking about, and it's something we're eventually going to get to. So I wanted oh, to get 100%. it out of the way. Rather get like, it out of the way. Sooner you know, like, than later. I, I love 2018 up until this this review series. It's my second favorite Halloween movie. Um, I adore it. It definitely like there's there's plenty of of hoops you have to jump through to a degree. Yes. Um, I just think I, I think that taking the the Death House out of the equation. I mean, it's part of it, obviously, but. The portrayal of of um, of Laurie Strode and her alcoholism because she's alcoholic in both of these movies. Um, I, I like them both. They're they're very different ends of the spectrum because one of them is very much a functioning alcoholic and one of them is very much not a functioning alcoholic. Um, to to me, it comes down to this is why I think 2018 script functions so much as like a post-superhero world because she's a non-functioning alcoholic which means she she has a tough time progressing with her life and this is just a, a slasher movie it just a lot of times when it comes down to like that gets pushed to the side a lot of the time as soon as michael myers comes into place then it's just this is the focus we're not dealing with her alcoholism it's just dealing with let's fucking kill this guy yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, too, because it's like, why would you be thinking about that while you're chasing down somebody? I think it makes sense narratively, but I also think, like, she's a fucking alcoholic. Like, yeah. she's, she's not at all, at that point where it's like, this is Michael-focused. She's yeah. not at all worrying about, like, hey, like, I still, I, I'm, I'm still not all there. Like, I, I still need something to help me get through this. I'm still fucking upset i'm still traumatized i need a drink like yeah. that that is pushed completely to the side and it's now focused you see this motherfucker let's kill him we got to finish this job yeah but it's it's, definitely... fo- but it's it's part of the narrative it's, it's important to yeah. the story to do that it, it, it's setting up a status quo and obviously once the because both of these movies have the same central idea because they yes. don't come out and say it in in H twenty, H twelve. I almost said H twenty. Um, in H two O, they don't come out and say it directly, but you know she's gone through all these different ther- therapeutic routes. None of them work. The only answer for her is killing Michael. Is killing Michael, and it's the same way in twenty eighteen. Yes. The only answer she's she's an alcoholic. She's an even worse alcoholic, and um, she's she will not be free of these demons without 
seeing Michael Myers die. Yes. Not better, not worse, just different to me. And I, I like both a lot, but there is something to be said about H2O with its relationship with John. Yeah. That is, I mean, I guess to a degree, Allison kind of supplants John for 2018 just because there's a closer relationship there and a, and a caring, loving relationship there, whereas yeah. her daughter resents her. But that's something that, again, like carries through in, in Kills where, you know, that kind of changes a bit. And, uh, you know, there, there's good character work in, all, in both of these. Yeah, I, I, really like I, I would not like it. The character work in 2018 is bad. Yeah. Like, I, I think the character work is what keeps the movie interesting. Besides yeah, I think, obviously. I think I think H H two O really does a great job with with Lori and kind of in a more because um, we're not as far removed from the situation in H two O the level of pressure she's exerting on her son and all this stuff you know like I, I talked to you about it before we even watched the movie like how much I really like the scene in the middle of um, you know downtown where they're where they're talking. And how he's just, you know, saying like, "You're you're smothering me," and you know, I you're you're taking out your trauma on me, and I'm done with it. Yeah. And it's it's, it's just a really good scene. It's both of it's really well. It's one of Hartnett's first movies. Yeah, the the actors and he's awesome. are selling it really well. The best thing is the people walking by are turning to look at them, just like people would in real life. Like, it feels like a conversation you've had with your parent when they just don't understand what you're going through. Or understand yeah. that you also have your own problems. Yeah. And see, I would say the toughest thing is that like I wish the action almost was a bit more overblown in twenty in H two O because sometimes it just feels like it's falling flat in the action department. But it, it's setting itself in such a realistic sense that like it has to. Like if this action was too overblown, you're gonna say like, hey these elements feel like this came out of my broken household. I saw you guys just fucking make a body rip its jaw open and eat a toaster. I'd be like, that would never happen. So, like, the realistic sense of, like, the violence being toned down but being very strong when it hits, it works. I, yeah, I, there's not much I really should say the film should change because it, it matters the way it's handling it, but maybe biasly I'd be like, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more yeah, to its deaths. I think I think it's kind of it's interesting because intrinsically, like, there isn't very much like graphic violence in this movie. No, um, but there are a couple of really standout sequences. Yeah, and shots, honestly, because like even like the the opening has um, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. He's good. Yeah. He's so fucking he's, good. He's dude. really good too. Like he's, he's charismatic so as hell. I love him so much. I love that actor. I, I just I want him in things again, but I know he's busy with hit record and all that stuff. But uh, you know, like you don't see it happen. But man, let me tell you what: the, the ice skate to the face is gnarly looking. Yeah, it's real gnarly. Um, but the one that really gets me every time I watch it is the dumb belt, the dumb waiter scene. It's awesome. The smashes the fucking. Just, breaks her goddamn leg in half it just reminds you mine just gets tension so well yeah it's just it's really well staged and the acting is really strong like all the actors are really good um uh, the shot of uh one of the, one of the characters i think it's uh it's the other boy i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he uh he's like strung up with like a light inside of him or whatever lighting him the up girl that has a light inside of her i thought it was him. i thought it was him that was her i can't, I can't remember but that that was such a really good image. It kind of reminds me like it's. It, I'm sure they didn't take it from it, but it reminds me of the whole like the cop with the the flashlight through the head, like a Jack Lantern. Yeah. Like that kind of idea. Um, you know, there's some really cool stuff in this. It's really well directed. I mean, Miner's a really talent, like a strong director in in the horror space. You know, he made my favorite Friday movie for a reason. He's just, he's just really talented. He understands tension and and kills and pacing especially because this movie is relentless it's 82 minutes or something it's so short and it's all it's 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 kind of funny because like it doesn't from the opening to when michael really shows up to the school there's not a lot of violence in the movie like it it, there's a pretty decent stretch of time where no one dies and it's not boring 
like it's fun to watch the characters the dialogue is entertaining you know you're having a good time with these characters and watching Lori's Lori deal with these things and, and getting more of a sense of, of where she's at in her life is consistently engra- consistently engrossing and I think that that's great I think it's so funny because like I don't I don't care much for Lori's character or think she needs to be as intrinsic to the Halloween franchise as most people do Everyone has to say, like, you know, she's the first one, you know, it's Jamie Lee Curtis, this is, she's essential for these films, and it's like, I've seen countless, countless times where you could do films without her character, and it still functions. Yeah. She's not as intrinsic as people say she really is, but when she's in the films, you know, she's great every single time, but this film, focusing as her character study over being a regular slasher, really benefits. Like, we've talked about how it's such, like, a as a Halloween movie, this is so different than the rest because it's not in Haddonfield. It's totally disassociated with everything that was popular at that time. But it kind of works better because of that. Like, there is no fucking reason this character should be in Haddonfield anymore. Absolutely yeah, zero. And it benefits so well from having a new change of pace that the horror follows her. Yeah. So it, it really works with the story they're trying to tell and... You know, I'm just so surprised how strong this narrative really flows. It's actually it's 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 very um, poignant. And, very. You know, the finale of the movie is so just wall to wall. You know, it's it's a, it's just once Michael shows up, it's a chase from from beginning to end, pretty much, um, to literally the final frame, and it's really well staged like obviously like the, the finale of like 2018 is much more like grandiose and has more uh elaborate kind of uh or bigger action than than this does but it, it doesn't matter because as long as the characters are, are strong and, and you're you're with them every step of the way that's what matters the most and you know they do a great job with Lori in this they do a great job of us of selling her as you know at one time this you know functioning alcoholic who's not processing her her trauma as well and taking it out on her kid and badass heroine who's going to absolutely whip the shit out of michael myers and she's she's never you know she never has the the upper everyone says like she's just whipping his ass for the entire like third act of the movie and that's that's not true no she's Um, running most of the movie she gets some really good hits in and i think that's the the good balance they do is that it's not just you know wall-to-wall lori whooping the shit out of michael myers it's not a fucking kung fu fight either yeah and it's also not michael myers completely decimating her either like it's 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 a, it's a give and take it's a very very tense finale there's stuff i like with the attention to detail too like when she's sleeping and she turns around there's the scar on her shoulder from the first movie mm-hmm. and she's she got she, cut in the exact same spot and she she's just she she looks at it and looks up at him and she's just like that's instant terror yeah she's instantly reliving what happened it, it's really there's some really really good visual storytelling stuff in this movie that's better than most of this series deserves yeah um i'll say now with it being post scream there is referential stuff and not a ton not, not a ton that not at least not a ton that bothers me i'm i'm trying to reflect on it to think more about it to discuss some of it and you know there's the scene where she's running from michael she sees the closet she goes fuck, fuck. and then she clearly uses that as a Oh yeah, you think I'm in the closet? And then Michael breaks in the closet, then he gets his ass kicked, then she runs away. Uh-huh. You know that's poignant. Uh, this is the scene in Haddonfield where the nurse goes to lock one door and turns on the other doors unlocked. She goes, "Fuck that!" And she she runs away. He's like, "I'm not dealing with that." That's obviously a twist on how things used to obviously go. Mm-hmm. There's the stoop. I forgot about him, but I, I was playing it in the background of uh, we're doing the review just to see some of the scenes, but there's the two cops talking about Michael Myers, and one of them's like, Michael's not fucking, he's dead, blah, 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 discussing about all this shit, like, like who'd want to see another Halloween and shit? Fuck that guy. I wish he fucking died. See, I don't even remember that. Yeah, because he's only it, it in one scene. Out. He's it in one scene just complaining about oh what happened to these characters maybe it was michael myers it couldn't be michael myers like i wish he fucking died yeah i think this film could have benefited from more deaths that aren't intrinsic to the story like 
just some some few deaths that would just make the kill count a little bit higher may have made the thing more digestible for general audiences maybe yeah i'm glad that they didn't do that though i i, I like yeah. the fact that everybody pretty much everybody who dies in this movie is a character we know i think they should have killed the security guard they were originally going to I don't think the way he should he was going to die should have been it. I think that's yeah, a I agree. stupid. I think Michael should have killed him. It, it's kind of I'm up two word two two thoughts on that because like at the same time like yeah it's another another body count. It's a character we enjoy watching, so watching him die would be sad. But like I'm glad he lives. <laughs> I really I really like Hello Cool J in this. Oh, he, it, he's awesome but, in but it. The problem is like this sets up. We'll talk about it when we get to resurrection, but it sets a precedent. Like for some reason they thought that the reason why this movie worked is because Hello Cool J is in it, so they stuck Buster Rhymes in the next one. It's just like. Okay, so but, yeah, I I don't know. I, He's great in the movie, but like you have to say to yourself, does him surviving and having his little yo baby, I'm gonna make a thriller, does that benefit the end of the movie at all? No, like, it, it doesn't. But I if also you had a character that you like because you know John's his friend. You know he's a good guy and means well. He has a wife that he loves. If he if he has a heart wrenching death, like it's gonna put more feeling into this movie. I feel like his death could have benefited, but um, yeah, I think his the, the finale with him in it does make it feel more like a yeah. This bitch came out in '98. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind it, but I, I can understand why why yeah. you, you you would probably rather that. I don't think I don't hate that he survives or anything. I like him. I'm glad he survives, but like, I think on paper it would probably be a little bit better if you killed him off too. Maybe yeah. There was supposed to be a whole other um, subplot. There was supposed to be a, a detective subplot the movie that was supposed to be in it the guy who plays the uh, like the main prisoner like the, the the um the preacher prisoner from alien 3 uh charles s dutton was gonna play the, the detective okay and they literally cut it the day before <laughs> they cut him completely out of the movie um but he was supposed to die that would have been another death in the movie i think it helps not have the detective character i feel like a subplot like that might derail a bit of the story with the runtime yeah I agree. The thing I think it was supposed. I think it was supposed to more so create tension. Maybe he's figuring out that Lori faked her death. Yeah, and all that stuff and creating tension kind of for her because she faked her death, which is you know not legal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's fine. That they which is definitely the most unrealistic part of the movie is she just fakes her death and becomes a headmistress. Yeah, that's my, my. That's the most the most like head scratching part. It's just like, so how did you do that? Like, I don't need well, everything to be explained she, to me, but like, that's that's a. It's not just like you. you also, she did it when she's like her. fucking twenty. Like. Yeah, and it's it's like it's not like you you faked your death and you're hiding in the mountains. You're 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 at a pretty prestigious school that in California. Yeah, so like yeah, it, that, that's that is the, the most unrealistic part about yeah, the movie. Where it's that like, was my big question because she's explaining like, it to the. I faked my death. I'm like, you faked your death, and you're at a prominent prestigious school. Yeah, so that, that was kind of my thing. Is just like she's explaining it to to the um to the guidance counselor, and I'm like, okay, but like we're we're skipping over a little bit here. Uh, how? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. It's just, no, no, I think no. it's, 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 just, like it's just really funny. Hole. It's just like a, so you're just going to not mention that, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like one of the, one of the easiest ways that screenwriters get around the things. If you don't talk about it, you don't have to explain yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, we're talking about like the California school and stuff like that. I think this is going to circle back to my biggest issue with the movie. It's just like, this doesn't feel like Halloween to me. I like that because this movie isn't about Halloween. It's about Laurie. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I get, that might like, be my biggest thing with how the newer films are supposed to be like. It's in Haddonfield. We're all dealing with Halloween, but this is also Laurie's story. There's too much going on, and it's not focused in a lot of the newer yeah. films. But this film, I love the Halloween atmosphere. Nothing's better than a nice fucking bit of orange in my trees, going from door to door, some pumpkins out. But this film benefits its story from being so disassociated from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely understand. It's just it's not even like just the visual aspect of it being in California, although that's part of it, because you know, like obviously the first two were filmed in Pasadena, California, but they tried to make it look like it it, it was like a uh, it was fall, but because it's it's just in California, it feels so weird, and it's not just the visual stuff because that's obviously a part of it, but I don't like the music very much. You know, the main Halloween theme is fine. But it, it, this comes down to a lot of different things because behind the scenes, uh, John Ottman did the score for this movie. 
and he turned in his score and they didn't like it. So they had Marco Baltrami come in and add some music and they still give Ottman the credit, but I'm not sure how much of this is actually his music. But I think a lot of the music is very distractingly not of this franchise. It, there's moments where I'm, I, I can think of distinct moments in the movie where I was completely sucked out of it because the music just did not correlate. Not just not I just with this franchise, but with what was going on on screen. See, I don't agree because I just feel like we're so used to like a certain type of stinger in this franchise because of what it was before. I think the fact that the music is so generally different helps the fact set this film apart from the other Halloween films. And like, I like that it benefits from being so disassociated from the other one. Because when I, I associate Halloween music, I associate everything with Haddonfield. I associate with these general stingers to follow Michael. And this is not the same type of movie. And I think that's why I really do appreciate the fact that this is so separated. You see, for me, the, the music is more intrinsically tied to Michael Myers. And with having that, that disassociation, I mean, like even tracks are named after him. And having the disassociation between like having shots of Michael Myers on screen and having this odd music to me like this some of this some of this music just does not correlate with the imagery that's on screen to me um i can think of several moments to me like that visually stick out in my mind where i'm I'm watching it and i hear in the music and i'm like this is weird like this doesn't and, and that may have a lot more to do with the fact that they didn't have a score that they liked yeah. that they had completely ready for the movie because they, they cut a bunch of Ottman's music out of it. Yeah, I, I don't love the score for it. I would just say, as an idea, like what I if I was going to fix some of the stuff in the, the, the movie, I would make the music in the Haddonfield scene with um, the nurse be some of the music Halloween. for the original Halloween. Yeah. And then I would do completely different things for the rest of the movie. I'd have a new, different track that would follow Michael that would have a lot of punch to it, but we'd separated from it. Because the thing I like about this movie is that it isn't the return of Michael Myers. It isn't the revenge of Michael Myers. It's not the curse of Michael Myers. It's about Laurie. Yep. And this is what this film is, should be in focusing on. And not just what stinger is Michael going to have next or what's going to be following him. Because we're not really following him as much as we're trying to watch Laurie and her family survive this altercation. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just think that... But I don't think the music is good. I think that there's a musical identity and I'm not just looking for them. They're just like, Oh, John Ottman do a new version of this track from, from Halloween. Like, I don't, I don't need the same exact music over and over again, but the, the actual choices, it doesn't sound like it's a movie in this franchise to me outside of the, the main theme. It, it feels like they're like it, Ottman was just doing his own thing, which to a degree is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want him to just copy Carpenter or Howarth. But I feel like if you're making a movie within a franchise, an established franchise, there is a certain degree of consistency. I know that this is divorcing itself from three of the movies, four movies technically, if you count three. Um, But there is a certain amount of, you know, you're, you're supposed to pay tribute, not tribute, but you're supposed to act within the framework of this franchise and I feel like the, the score really just doesn't do that and it kind of just they cobbled something together in certain degrees because I mean, they did to a degree but that's one of the things that takes me out of the movie a little bit sometimes that's not always like some of the music's pretty good I mean like, I think I think Ottman's version of the, the Halloween theme is really good it's different it's interesting but you know maybe if it was if the whole if I saw the movie with just Ottman's score instead of this hodgepodge that they stuck mm-hmm. together Maybe it would feel more consistent, at least. Yeah. But because of that lack of consistency, it's even worse, more apparent. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole moving to California thing, like, I get why they did it, especially because you're trying to, you're literally faking your death and running from from somebody. It does, in, in, inherently for me, you know, like, from a visual aspect, it, it does feel very different, which is good and bad, because, you know, We've seen, you know, I, I didn't want this to be shot in Salt Lake City again because we've seen that for the past three movies. But I don't know. It feels weird to watch a Halloween movie without that kind of like autumn feel to it. And I get why it doesn't have it because why would she be still in Haddonfield? It makes no sense. 
Well, I but. think it benefits even more so from the fact that it is in California because she hates Halloween. She would want yeah. nothing to remind her of Halloween. If you're going to go in a place where your season isn't changing, it makes sense for someone like her. Yeah. It, it feels so... See, that that's why, like... I don't... like. It's never going to be my favorite Halloween movie, but I, I respect the hell out of the choices for it because it separates this film to feel like everything done in it has such a narrative purpose behind it. Like, I don't love the score at all, but I think the score being so separated from the other Halloween franchises, or Halloween films in the franchise, is because we need to focus on Laurie and not focus on Michael. The fact that we're in an area that has nothing to resemble Halloween is a show, why the fuck would Laurie want to be reminded at all about Halloween? We're not even seeing kids in costumes, which... Here we are. Oh yeah, well you do down, you do down the street for a little bit, but like you're not it's not in the foreground really. It's kind of interesting too cuz well they they run into her, but it is kind of interesting too cuz it's like you have a little moment that actually kind of reminds me of one of my favorite moments in the movie when she's downtown and she sees the kids trick or treating and it's very reminiscent of the scene where she's watching the kids trick or treating in the first movie. Yeah. She even has like a little smile come across her face. And she's yeah. she's watching these kids trick or treating so it's like it's really bizarre because it's like she's it's something that makes her happy, but it's immediately something that reminds her reminds her of her past. Yeah, the, the, it's really strong. It's a good. It's a good image. There's like so much about the thought put into this movie that I feel like, if you're in her shoes, what would you want to do? That I think is just really, really they put their time and thought into it, which is cool, and I, I really respect yeah. the hell out of that. Like I said, it's not my favorite. I, I'm never gonna like this more than Halloween Four in any realm of possibility, but. If we're going to focus on a character like Laurie Strode, and that's going to be the focus of the film, this is the way to do it. And I think they did a fucking a bang-up job with it, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely not trying to say that, this, like, ruin, that that ruins the movie or anything for me, but it is something... It just feels so... In the middle of this franchise... Not the middle of this franchise, but at this stage in the franchise, it feels like such a departure. Yes. I mean, like it makes sense in context of the narrative. It's just... It, it is really weird. It's a Halloween movie to see blatantly California and being so audibly divorced from the franchise and like again like again doesn't tank it it's just it's one thing that does kind of whenever I watch the movie I'm like ah, you know I kind of wish this was a little bit more Halloween-y even if it was you know just a little bit different with the tracks or or something but it is what it is it's, it's a really good movie it's a really strong film um the performances are all really good. Uh, the one, the weakest performance to me is Michael. I I think the biggest problem with this film, to me personally, is that the Michael Myers that is in this film does not have any demeanor that seems like he's more than human. This Michael does just feel like some asshole. No ask. He 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 walks like a fucking like peg-legged penguin as he fucking marches towards someone, and I'm just like. Hey, you know, this would be a much better movie with somebody giving a much stronger presence to this to this character. I think even for because it's something we're definitely gonna have to talk about. Um, a big a big part for me for why it's like it's really difficult to watch this Michael sometimes is the masks. Yeah, and I say the masks because yeah. there's fucking like four of them, and from scene not just scene to scene but sh- almost shot to shot they change. This I really very distracting. I and don't think I really are, like like I don't really like i mean i might like say like it's all right but i don't really like any of them there's one of them like in a couple shots they have one that's kind of cool but like it's barely in the movie the like the quote-unquote main mask that they have for the movie he's the one the one that he basically is he comes up to the window and sees lorian oh my lord it's fucking stupid it's so bad it's the fucking eyes are so huge it's it you can see his eyes so clearly and like, I guess some some people think like two degrees. Like it's like, oh man, like you can really see see his emotions. Like you don't, you shouldn't. In my opinion, you should not see his. The whole point is he should not be human. And I think it takes away from the movie for him to be more human. Like there's there's scenes in the movie with Michael that I really like. You know, I like see, it, I like the shots I... of him like walking around the shadows of the school and, you know, the the scene in the cafeteria was the cafeteria or the the whatever you fuck you would call it, where he's flipping the tables, I think is really strong. See, 
but I, I can understand that viewpoint, but I think my favorite stuff about Michael Myers in the franchise is was he struggles with humanity. I like the stuff in five where he reaches out and he kind of takes his mask off. I like the I like the scene at the end where he reaches out to um, uh, to Laurie. The point is he's supposed to be a monster. We all want to see him as a monster. Loomis's entire ideology is that he's not human. He's a monster. But Loomis has an extreme perspective. And the coolest thing about Michael to me is that he's 99% monster, but when you give him a sliver of humanity, it makes things feel more real and more upsetting, more disastrous. And it's like, well, there's a little bit more behind him just being a senseless killer. That's even scarier than him just being a senseless killer, is that anybody could somewhat become a senseless killer. See, I'd, I've never viewed him as a senseless killer. I've always viewed him as as just a manifestation of evil. And he's, I mean, literally the boogeyman. And I think that that is more scary. And I think that, it, like, it's the stuff yeah, at the end with, with, him, with him reaching out to her, I think that that's good. But I think the reason why it's good is because they cut back to him with this malicious look in his eyes. Yeah. Not because he's actually reaching out to his sister. No, a hundred percent. The reason uh, it works is because you don't know. It's like it's like he's, he's reaching not for talking, one last. He's not saying like kill. You know, it's like it's like he's reaching out for one last kill. Yeah. And I think that that's that's why that works for me. A hundred percent. But I do think that one of the, one of my biggest pet peeves with Michael is when I can see his eyes. I don't mind it in Resurrection. I really. Don't. I don't even. I don't I, even. I actually it. like the mask in Resurrection. Uh, there's some yeah, but I don't I don't remember you seeing his eyeballs all the time. I don't remember. I haven't seen the movie in so long. Very clearly, like, yeah. I, I distinctly choose not to watch the movie. I mean, you could say it's even so on the paper, like realistically, like he's got the black grease paint around his eyes and he has a mask over it. Oh, so that's even worse. So it's like Mike, it's like Batman. He's deliberately choosing to. That's that's even worse. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean. It's also the way that he's lit sometimes too, like like having having the light be so clear of oh, his face. The lighting on his face is so it's like it's like that's really bothersome to me. But I don't want to see that. I understand that, but as this film is talking about Laurie's humanity, it definitely makes sense to make Michael more real in this movie, make him more human. Like she in this film, he is her brother. The, the, the dilemma, like. On paper, when he she says like, "Oh yeah, you know, Michael killed my sister," that really does mean nothing to her in the first two yeah. movies. She doesn't fucking know her sister. She's a baby. Yeah. But on paper, it's like, "Oh, you know, he killed my sister. This is, you know, I'm just another one of the fucking family to be slaughtered by my brother." <clears throat> if you watch the movies, the fucking doesn't matter. You don't. She doesn't fucking know fucking Judith Myers. Actually, the thing that that gets me about that scene is actually like the realization from her because they don't even talk about it in two michael comes after her when she turns 17 uh, when she's 17, 17 years old judith was 17 yeah and the reason why he's come back is because john is 17, john is 17. and that's like i i i hadn't seen the movie in a while i guess but like i didn't even think about that it's just like that's it's that is a is a very very small way of giving some kind of little bit of motive yeah it's is it, the is it coincidental kind of, who knows? Yes. That's that is awesome. why I like it. That is why I like it, though. I don't yeah. like explicit motive for yeah. Michael, which is why the whole brother-sister thing yeah. bothers me. <laughs> but imagine imagine he sees Johnny and goes... <laughs> like, like he, he's like, it's your birthday. Like, uh, he, he, that'd he be shows, fucking he, hilarious. He, he just walks up to the window. He just stands there and looks at it, and it's it's the previous year, and he just sees the, the 16 on the birthday cake. He's like, god damn it. I gotta go home. Way funnier. <laughs> How unfortunate would it be that John's actual birthday is on Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't say it's Halloween day. They say they're getting ready for Halloween. Well, it, say, it says Halloween. It says October 31st, Halloween. Is that, is that the day where they go on the trip, though? Because there's multiple days in this movie. Yeah, I know. I, I'm fairly certain that... Because the... John just... It's not John's birthday, though. John is 17. He didn't just turn 17 film no because it was a couple months because he said yeah. he said that he got the card late yeah so his been, dad sent it late his birthday isn't on halloween but like no but he got the card on, would it be? he got the card on halloween like how funny would it be like 
Yeah, like, you're going into labor. She goes, fuck of all days. Like, <laughs> that'd be fucking yeah. hilarious. I think I think that's that's kind of like the, the cool thing. He got the card on Halloween, coincidentally. Yes. Which is inherently kind of like a really fucked up thing. You imagine, like, she talks so badly about... Um, how how funny would it be though? Like, but, the card but like, she, is not she talks actually so... from his dad. It's from Michael. He goes from Uncle Ma- Dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? It's a, it's from Uncle it's Michael, late and there's he just like, his dad. <laughs> there's, there's a stick figure of him stabbing John. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think like they talk about talk so badly about his dad in the movie. Imagine like. It would be like make him even worse that he sent it deliberately so it would arrive on Halloween. Yeah, that'd be fucked. I mean, that's me inserting something into it, but that'd be really fucked. I like that that has like a little subtle mo- motive thing to it. Yeah, it's not overt. It's not like deliberately stating some kind of like elaborate Alter motive. Motive for my yeah. Point. It's just like that—that's the kind of stuff I, I can I can get behind it and I, I can be okay with. That's why I just. Minor gets it, man. He's like, I'm not answering shit. I'm just, ha- I'm just bringing in more questions. That's the cool stuff. Like, yeah. On paper, H2O is such an interesting, well thought out, well done movie, and I just think it's so fucking crazy how much style and substance they put into this fucking shitty '98 movie. Like, well, this was originally gonna be a direct-to-video movie. Um... The guy who's right, uh, the, the guy he's still credited as the writer Zapia. Uh, he was originally commissioned to do this movie. This franchise was going to go to direct video. Yeah. Uh, he was going to do a movie. It was called Two Faces of Evil, and it had the idea of, you know, the prep school. It was an all girls prep school, and it had the detective subplot. And Michael was coming back, and uh, didn't have Lori in it. Uh, I think it actually followed Loomis had a kid, this which was bad. Which, which was based off of something that was actually there. There was originally he originally had a wife. He was gonna ha- there was a, a line that was deleted or a, a scene that was deleted where he calls his wife on the phone. So they were supposed to set that that was supposed to be something that was a reference to something that was supposed to be in one of the movies. Yeah. But he was supposed to have a son, Loomis, and. Um, there was actually like a bunch of cool sequences in the, in the movie. Like like there's a, a a gym floor that opens up into a pool, and somebody was gonna get killed in the pool and left in there. And then during the third act, the, the pool would open up and you'd find the dead body and stuff like that. Was, there's some kind of cool stuff in it. But there was also a Hannibal Lecter character. So there was a bunch of weird things. I'm so with glad that. this piece of shit wasn't. Yeah, but the. Uh, they they came to Zappi and said, "Hey, uh, good news, bad news. Uh, sucks. Bad news. We're not making your movie." <laughs> He's like, "Okay, what's the good news?" He's like, "Jamie Lee wants to come back for a 20th anniversary version, and we, we're going to have you write the script for it, and it's going to get a theatrical release. We're bumping the budget up." And he's like, "Okay." So they kept the prep school idea, um, and they just made it Lori instead, and brought John in. So. That's kind of how this movie came about. Pretty neat. It's neat. It's it's, it's it is by the by the grace of God that this fucking franchise did not hit direct to video. Yeah. And if it did hit direct to video, we wouldn't have got 2018 and kills. I don't think this this franchise would have ever recovered. I think the only um, thing that's really left to discuss about is uh, I mean the finale is great. We, we the don't ending. Have to, we don't discuss much more, but the ending is what I was going to bring up. Yeah, um, the end of the franchise. So, this is why I want to talk about the ending, too, because the fucking cool shit I think Jimmy Lee Curtis has ever done as Laurie Strode is just steal an ambulance, put him in it, and say, I'm gonna fucking kill him. Like, the death house is cool, but, like... I'm gonna make sure he's dead. Yeah, I, I just fucking love that. I just think it's really cool. Fucking drives it off fucking gets sandwiched between a tree and an ambulance and she just probably the most over fucking head off it's probably the most overblown moment in the movie is her driving the van down a hill and rolling yeah. it it's the craziest moment and her falling out of the van as it's rolling yeah it, that's probably the most crazy thing to happen because like watching it for some reason i remembered like oh 
Maybe she just fucking like stops the car, he gets out, she pins him to a, a tree. But when the thing fucking flew off and started rolling down a hill, I'm like, I did not remember this. <laughs> oh, I, re- I, I definitely remember that part. And he gets but, pinned, yeah. she fucking chops his head off, it's like, now that is a fucking finale. Well, it's like it has that moment where you're like, oh my god, is she gonna be stupid? Is she gonna fucking embrace this guy? And then she just completely lobs his head off. And it's just like, it, it is such a great ending to the series. Yeah. I love the, because we talked about the There's no out. other movie. Well, never hold happened. on, hold on. I love the reaching out scene because we talk about, is Michael reaching out being like, oh yeah, you know, maybe he realized that's his sister or maybe it's one last kill. The reason I like Jamie, um, Jamie Lee Curtis reaching out is because, is she reaching out because it's her brother or is she reaching out because this is finally the resolution to her trauma after all these years that she doesn't know how to handle it. There's, there's so much you can talk about about how these characters are finally reacting and it's the final straw. It's the end for both of them. Boom. Yeah. It, I just think off. it's so fucking well done and poetic. I think it's great. But, Resurrection... Nope, fan fiction. Yep. Well, I'm going to Resurrection makes it a fucking paramedic. <laughs> Yep. His tongue gets chopped out, or if he can't. No, he gets he gets his larynx crushed. Larynx crushed. Okay. As bad as it is, like he has to be like fucking the Flash to crush his larynx and fucking switch out super fast. Not even just that though. Like you gotta think about it. Like he, the only thing in that scene that really ties him, be like, yes, it's, it, it could definitely be be it somebody else and not Michael. Is when he like grabs the mask. That that's the thing. Like rewatching it. Is, why wouldn't he take the mask off? Yeah, I, I I don't know, dude. That's how you know that it wasn't really supposed to be that. A hundred percent. But like, when he felt the mask and then reached out, I'm like, you know, that kind of works a little bit. It's not bad. But that's the th- so. Dude, I just thought about this on the spot. If you really think about it, with you know. 1978. You know, she rips his... Someone comes back and kills. You know, they rip his mask off. And the not, the first thing he does, he doesn't try to kill her. The first thing he does is he puts his mask back on. He's checking to make sure he has his mask on. Yeah. He's not, he's not surprised he has a mask on. He's checking to make sure he has his mask on. That's why. But oh, they 100%. just it makes they sense just why re- he would reach for his mask. But they just rewrite it in the in in the fan fiction ass sequel saying, "Oh, uh, you know, he it, it, he grabbed his mask because oh my god, I'm in a mask. Oh my god, I'm not Michael Myers. What's going on?" And she's like, "Why would you not take the mask? She knows what he looks like. Why would you not take the fucking mask off? Why would He's you keep the mask? It's no, <laughs> yeah, okay, He's yeah, super yeah. Looted, dude. that that gorilla glue though." Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just it's one of those things where it's like this this ending is so good. Oh, it's perfect. It is so fucking anger inducing that they had to just ruin it. Halloween H2O would have been the perfect finale. Perfect. It, finale. it, it is literally a perfect ending. Yes. She 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 ends the person who has had a reign of terror over her for 20 years. It ends with this poetic you know, acknowledgement of each other, and it's just a swift death. Why the fuck did that have to not be the ending? Like, it, it, I know, I know why it is. It's funny. I get it. But and Malik, uh, uh, not Malik, um, Mustafa Akkad was all you know. Like he's, he, you know, we gotta leave, we gotta leave every movie open for for a continuation because this is my franchise. Um. But it's just like it's so. It's I think I think minor. I think minor shot the explanation scene for <sighs> resurrection because that was like it's like yeah this is how I want to end the movie and Mustafa's like but I want a franchise continue so I need you to not do that and he's like okay well this is the ending of the movie I'll film you something for a sequel yeah. but. As far as I'm concerned, we're done. <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's just like I, I don't like headcanon because it's like things exist, man. It, they just exist. 
I, it I just shows really, the ending of this series. It, yeah, it's just like I can't, I can't stomach the fact that Resurrection is actually canon with this version of the franchise. Like, it doesn't end with H20. It sure, I mean, Resurrection is also like the worst fucking ending for any of the movies. Well, was it supposed to be the ending? I know, it's just a fucking terrible ending. And she's like, oh my god, his face got melted into his mask. Oh, now we got another one. Now we got a, uh, we're gonna have another one with his face melted into his mask, which we already should have had after two. Yeah. But, you know, and then magically in five, his face is perfect. Yeah, so any other final thoughts you want to give on H2O and then final score? I mean, it's not really like a, like a developed thought, but like, it's just like we talked about the masks, but the CGI mask is horrendous. It's funny. It's, it's really, really funny, funny when it comes up. It's really funny to see it because it's just like it, it just looks so fucking terrible, man. And I remember like I was watching something. They're like, "Yeah, don't worry about. It. We'll, we'll put a CGI mask on. It'll look great." CGI oh, it's so bad. So so far in the past couple years. Yikes! <laughs> Big yikes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I, I I really like this movie a lot. I I, I it's, it's always entertaining. It's so well paced. It's so short. You know, you blink and twenty minutes is gone, just like four. Um, it's it's really good. I like it a lot. I wish it was a little bit more Halloweeny, but I, I yeah, it's what it is. I, I get it. I get why it's not. But yeah, that's all I really have to say. What's your score on it? Eight. I think. Well, after rewatching these, H- uh, eight maybe H two O is my third favorite. Yeah. Yeah, H two O is one hundred percent my third favorite. My third favorite is Halloween 2018. My yeah. fourth favorite is Halloween 3. I like Halloween 3 more than this. I definitely don't like Halloween 3 more than this. No I mean, way. It, it is a bit different, though, because like, you're, you also are considering a movie that's completely out of... It's, it's, it has nothing to do with this franchise. Oh, just as a movie, I don't like Halloween 3 more than this, though. Uh, I adore Halloween 3. I think Halloween 3 can be very boring. I think some things are just like, whatever. I, I like Tom Atkins, but besides that, there's not a. I think the atmosphere is cool, but there's not a whole whole lot going for it for me to keep it super interested. I think Halloween Three is a good movie. I think it's got a lot of unjust hate for it, but this is such a strong narrative, intrinsically like personal story that they kind of just nailed, as far as the script considered, every single time. And I'm just so surprised how well thought out this movie was and how how good it turned out yeah I mean I guess I, I would say that that H2O is a better film than, than 3 for sure yeah I, I feel H2O like is a better un- film than Halloween 4 also but it's, I like un- it's unfair to H2O but the fact that Resurrection is connected to it does hurt this movie standalone movie I don't get, it, I don't it, give a shit it, about Resurrection yeah I mean I get that, but it's just, it's such a, a direct sequel, and it's so intrinsically tied to it, and affects the way that, the, the, the strongest aspect of this movie, one of the strongest aspects of it is the handling of Laurie and the the finale, and Resurrection completely circumvents those, in my opinion. And it's, if it just, if this was the end, it would be probably two, <laughs> probably number two. It, it's that good, but. I, I just cannot like every film has its own ending to it like that's like saying Halloween 4 isn't as good because of what happens in Halloween 5 that's like saying Rachel isn't important in 4 because 5 she's like a, a, a fucking like male gaze head character like I get what you're saying like Resurrection does it ruins the ending of H2O but it's the same way you know 6 ruins the character of Jamie Lloyd 5 ruins the character of Rachel but does it make me like those films any less than standalone films I can appreciate H2O as a film on its own and say this movie is fucking awesome. There's there's definitely problems. Michael Myers is not very good. Some of the music is boring. Sometimes I feel like there's not as much agency as there could be. Maybe it could use another death with more personal meaning. Not much referential stuff, but there's only one character that can be annoying. But I, I just think it's a narrative film. Holy shit, does it kick ass. And it's the film that I, I don't need for a character like Laurie, but I'm glad I have. And I just fucking loved every second of it. If I had to give it a score, I'd probably give it an 8.5. You know, I, I wouldn't give it like a 9 out of... Nah, I might give it a 9 out of 10. But I, I, I still like 4 more biasly because I love the character working 4. And nothing's going to beat the first Halloween. I like Halloween 2018 just a little bit less than H2O. Or- 
four is also like the the intrinsically like I, I feel like that eighties feel definitely. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like a it's a biased thing. Like you just love yeah. a nice slasher film in the eighties. Yeah, and also just like you know, obviously Halloween, the first one came out in seventy eight, but intrinsically, I think most people when they think of Halloween, I, I feel like they kind of tie tie it to the eighties, even though like it, it's it's gone for a good chunk of the eighties. Yeah, until the end. But I think that that the eighties feel of uh, part four is really really aids in that you know fun but also spooky atmosphere that you know like this movie is very fun yes uh it's it's very slick like a 90 movie 90s movie in in cinematography and you know lighting so it intrinsically feels like kind of a, a, you know again divorced from it's the same thing that 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 uh re- taking out the equation the quality of resurrection but resurrection has that kind of glossy yeah 90, late 90s, 2000s feel to it that feels just kind of odd to me. Not that not that this movie looks bad at all. No, it's just uh, fitting of the decade. Yeah, it's, it's very much a 90s movie, and that's fine. Yeah. It's a post-Scream movie, even though it doesn't embrace the stuff that Scream embraces nearly as much. But, yeah, I really like this movie. I think it's fucking awesome, and every time I watch it, I have a great time with it. It so. definitely went up on my rankings. Definitely had a lot better of a time than I thought I was gonna, and I'm glad. I'm I'm definitely not excited to watch the next one. What yeah, I can't say, say I can't say yeah. I can't say I'm particularly uh, excited to watch it, but you know. What are you, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, I really I I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you like it? That actually that actually looks worse in person. Well, in person. It's fucking funny, dude. That mask looks. That mask actually looks worse. He's Yikes. got gray hair, bro. He's an old man. He's got fucking. Why does he have gray hair? <laughs> it's a fucking mask. It's not his head. I don't know. I put on Nick, dude. It fits Nick's head really well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just looks so doofy. Dude, it is not even comparable to how. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, man. But like, I know I understand that they all like a bunch of them that like they have eyebrows. But like, for some reason, on the resurrection mask, it just it draw my attention is drawn directly to the fucking eyebrows. I don't understand why. I don't know. It just looks. I don't almost know. Almost all of them have eyebrows. Maybe it's because oh, of just like hair. the way. It's the combination of oh, it had the eyebrows and just the shape of the mask. Like I have nothing else. My eyes drawn to nothing else. Maybe his schnoz. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm always drawn to like his upper lip because it's like really far down from his nose. Oh yeah, it does. He does have a pretty pretty decently long upper lip. Yeah, that's what I always think of. I don't care yeah. about the eyebrows because like most of them have eyebrows and they all look kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just. I don't know. It looks weird to me. I don't know why. Don't know why. They all have fucking eyebrows. So, yeah, you ready for that next week? No, I'm not. I, I'm just not looking forward to it. But time. at least at this point, I think we're gonna call it at uh, at resurrection, and we're gonna probably cover the Rob Zombie ones at a later date. Yeah, probably. Especially because after watching Resurrection, I'm probably not gonna want to touch Halloween for a while. I, yeah, I'm pretty done with this. I was not, excited like, to go through a lot of these. It's not, it's not even like it's done with it. It's just like I know Resurrection is just going to upset me. So I hope it's at least entertaining to, to be like, wow, this is bad. I might have to slap back a couple cold ones for this one. Yeah, I don't think it'll be very fun. All so. right. Well, we'll find out next week and we'll see how that goes. So see you for Resurrection. Because I'm sure it's going to be at the very least a very long talking point. It'll be interesting. So I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.